evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to another edition of The Finishing Move. Me, Big John Radcliffe, Chris Colwell, and Adam the Road Dog Gillespie for a very special edition of The Finishing Move. And why is it special? Because I'll honestly think it's been like two months since you've had the entire stable together. Stable, I like that. Faction, stable, that's what we are. Yeah, that's pretty much what we are. Yeah, so we, I was I was kind of out with an injury or missing in no, action, and you're, now I'm you're back. back from your tour of Japan. I mean, you, you very <laughs> successful. You won a few titles over there. Now you're back. I, I was like actually thinking like suspended that. for a failed drug test. That's very possible too. I, I mean, wellness that way. wellness violation. <laughs> so, but as you can hear, Chris Colwell, how are you, kind sir? I am ecstatic. I'm happy to be here, and I have a new Twitter handle. Oh, Another after, new, oh goodness. After, after oh, good heavy demand of wanting to simplify it, we are now back to at Bearded Engaged. By Follow heavy on de- Twitter. By heavy in, in demand, he means his fiance. Road well, dog, yeah, what's that up, too. brother? <laughs> I'm not going to touch that. But uh, <laughs> that was I, not much, man. How about y'all? I know uh, I have been busy on Thursday night. I have not been able to hang out with you guys, and I've missed it. Uh, we've been John and I have been trying every week to get some YouTube content up on um, the 680 The Fan and on the SportsX YouTube pages. But I don't know. I haven't been able to hear all the shows but I know as a wrestling fan, the last four weeks since the debut of AEW has been a great time for wrestling fans. And I hope that's kind of the, you know, general feel y'all have been giving us, right? Yeah, typically uh, that's the feel we've been giving. And even for myself, and I'll throw it out there too, you know, obviously we've seen they've gotten your opinion on it. And I'd agree with you that I saw a tweet earlier where I, and I wish I could give credit to who it was, but uh, they said, "Are we back in the golden era of wrestling?" By that meaning, with all the different, all the wrestling that we have now, because we all grew up in the Attitude Era, we grew up in the Monday Night Wars, we grew up watching WCW and, and WWF as dogs attack one of the members of our state. <laughs> uh, but we grew up. Rick in the- Steiner in the background. Welcome to the dog round. <laughs> Clearly. Uh, we grew up in the era of where we had so much wrestling going on that now we have it all back. And I, I can speak for myself. I won't speak for the entire team. I'm excited about it. I'm loving every minute of it. I'm loving the fact that I have to stay up a little bit later. I have to go and search through my DVR. And, and to be perfectly honest with you, I might be the only one and I might be the cause for a problem that we'll talk about later in the show. I get to watch Friday Night Smackdown on Saturday because I don't have to do it that time. Yeah, no, I well, I, if we're going to get to that later, I'll let it, let it be for now, but I don't think you're the only one on that. Uh, well, there's so front. much to watch right now, too. It's it's actually becoming one of those good problem situations because, I mean, just between WWE and AEW alone, who has the time in the entire week with busy lives to watch all this stuff? And it's fantastic. But then you throw in all the other stuff out there. You still have Impact still alive, ROH. you got MLW that's making waves, and now this new NWA show, it's to me, you brought up the comparison to the Attitude Era, where you know we had the same quality, at least options for watching, much like the Attitude Era. But it's almost to me with those you know lower companies like NWA and MLW and ROH and Impact still hanging around, still making some waves. It almost feels territory days because you can still make, these these guys are making a living being in a company that doesn't necessarily make waves on a national level, but they're still out there. Territory days. How old are you? Uh, I'm about to be 33 next week. Well, so no, you're not old enough to remember oh, territory. Oh, I know. I remember. You're not old enough. Oh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> Ric Flair beat Ricky Steamboat in 89. I was like two. I remember. We'll go with that. <laughs> can barely remember to make it up here on time, but he can remember being two years old. But tonight on The Finishing Move, we're going to go over a little bit of SmackDown. We'll go over Raw. We're going to go over an AEW recap. Let's just be honest. Adam, you and I, we had teased it so much. We were looking for so much. We got stuff to talk about now, as well as we're going to go over the top ropes because, let's just face it, shots have been fired, and they're starting to return fire, and we're going to go over all of it. But first, we're going to kick it off with a little bit of SmackDown, which has been a little bit weird for us because we get SmackDown on Friday, so I sometimes feel like we're going so far back in time to discuss it, but we've had so many things happen that we got to go over it. And one of the biggest things that's taken place that I have been so excited about, I am so happy about it. I can't say I'm as happy about it as like when Hulk Hogan did it, but Bailey is now officially a heel. She has come out and said, life sucks. Then you die. I hope that doesn't count for everybody because, you know, life can't suck that long. Well, we all die. I think we can agree with that, right? 
Yeah, there's only one. What is it? One guarantee in life. There's only well, death, death, death and taxes. Two categories: death and taxes. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, you know, I I enjoy, I, I am a fan of this as as well. Uh, like you, John, I am uh, Bailey turning heel. I think it's good, almost for I I would say almost any character to maybe have a heel run in them at some point because it also on the back end of that it makes you if done right it makes you appreciate the the baby face turn back uh even a little bit more to get that character so that you so beloved before back into your uh you know your good graces i guess you would say as a face uh, i i enjoyed it i i kept saying each week as she was coming out and she was kind of being heelish i mean i was thinking a heel can't have these inflatable things you know up in the air going all around her when she comes out that's not very heelish so for her to come out with the uh, stick with the knife on the end of it and cut them down i thought was a very clear signal and very well done i uh, thought i thought of um, that maybe that was eric bischoff's last thing he thought of before he got canned uh last week for a smackdown uh idea but i really enjoyed that i thought it was good and i think it's going to be a good run for her as a heel i, I agree with you adam and like you to your point i mean you see these some of these big baby faces over the years that have turned heel and have had good success, and then you get the big baby face turn later on down the line. But the, the biggest thing to come of it, look at some of the best examples. Look at The Rock. Look at him coming as the baby face Rocky Maivia that got you know booed out of the building. The and then he, he turns heel. He finds himself. He finds his character as a heel because as a heel, you can kind of branch out and try some things and do some things that you don't have to worry about losing a fan base also off of. And they become more popular to the point that the baby, the fans basically turn them back to a baby face. I think you could see this with Bailey, where that naive, happy-go-lucky character is a thing of the past with Bailey. They they tried to do it on the main roster, it didn't work. Now she's a heel. She's going to have an edge to her, and this may benefit her down the line when she does turn baby face. She may have. I mean, she's going to have a shade of what she used to be, but she's going to be a completely evolved character at that point, and that's going to do nothing but be better for the women's division. A big thing that I like about her heel turn as well. It wasn't just you put her in black. She took a completely different look. She got rid of her traditional ponytail. She cut that. That was her moniker. That was her look. Even if you look at it now, there's pictures that are out there where when she has the uh, SmackDown Women's Champion, the side emblems that they put on the championship belts, she just puts a piece of black tape in it and makes an X over it because that's no longer her emblem. That's no longer her look. So everything that goes along with it, whatever hers might have been, it's completely gone. She's moving on from that. And I think it's a great thing. I agree with you guys completely that everything that they've done about this, particularly like what you said, Adam, her coming out, slashing the inflatable guys, the Bailey buddies, I think it was a great thing. And I also like the fact they kept her with Sasha Banks. Bailey proved this week her being on the microphone by herself it's still a little bit clunky to me. It's still a little bit. She's still stumbling over it a little bit, working to try and get be more heelish. So having someone like Sasha, who's an outstanding heel, I think it's a perfect marriage that they put together. Yeah, no, I mean, look, you look at Bailey. She's done nothing but uh, struggle on the mic in her career as a babyface. It just hasn't worked. I will say this though: I was very impressed with what we got from her last week on SmackDown. It, she was slower paced. She didn't seem rushed in how she spoke. It was a lot better. Still, I'm with you. Sasha Banks has the better potential to kind of be the mouthpiece there, kind of like Sami Zayn is being for Shinsuke Nakamura right now. And it can them as a team is a good idea. It gives automatically gives Bailey some some heel heat on the fact that she's going to have help from Sasha. So keeping them together, putting them on SmackDown together, great idea. Now, also on top of that. We got a pay-per-view that's coming up here next week. Now, it's set in Saudi Arabia. And, Adam, you and I, we struggle with this all the time. So it's going to take place on Friday, but it's going to air like Wednesday over here or something like that. It's like that time and currency differential, yeah, right? It's, so it's going to air on – it's Thursday, so that means it's Halloween for us. So is it Thanksgiving for them? I don't know. I, something I'm, like that? I don't know. But we finally have the tag teams put together, which Hulk Hogan came out via Skype, and he announced, as we heard, that Seth Rollins, he's not going to be a part of Team Hogan. So we got a chance to hear who the new captain was and the replacement. So for Team Hogan, we have Roman Reigns, Rusev, 
Ricochet, Shorty G, and Ali. We're going to talk about Shorty G a little bit uh, a little bit later on. Him and Chris Colwell have a whole lot in common. You'll be surprised by that, and you can figure it out really easily. For Team Flair, we're going to have Randy Orton, King Corbin, Bobby Lashley, Shinsuke Nakamura, and Drew McIntyre. So I'll start with you, Adam. Are you happy with Team Hogan and Team Flair, and particularly Team Hogan's I'm, replacements? I'm not so happy with Team Hogan. That that list of uh, superstars does not do it for me. But when you talk about a heel uh, tag team or whatever this would be, a faction for the night, uh, Team Flair, I think they got a great heel faction uh, with Orton and Corbin, whether you like him or not, he's a great heel right now. Uh, Lashley, Nakamura, and even McIntyre being added this um, past week on uh, on Raw, uh, I thought that was a great addition to his team. I think that they should win over the other team of kind of thrown together mixed match people, in my opinion, that I'm not really a fan of many of them. Uh, Rusev is about it for me on that team. Uh, but so it'll be interesting to see, and I'll be interested to see what dramatics maybe happen outside the ring between Hogan and uh, Flair themselves. I don't, I don't know. Flair on, on this past Monday night was the best part of Monday night raw going on the mic, making fun of the uh, Browns players and their team <laughs> and, and uh, telling some dude in the audience that he had his mom before and Woo! then going uh, Telling the chick wherever we are. No, I know where we are. But I'm talking about SmackDown. It was just hilarious to me, and that's the flair that I loved and grew up watching. Well, the best part about Ric Flair now is you never quite know exactly what he's going to say. I don't think he does either anymore, and I think that's what makes it so great. You just don't get it. But yeah, no. Look at these teams. If you look at like the history, it reminds me of Survivor Series a little bit. If you look at Hogan's like early teams. All the heel teams had some really solid main, upper mid card to you know main event level heels that kind of had some similarities. They were either partners somewhere. There was at least something that kind of made that team make sense. But then Hogan had a mishmash team of just underdogs and people that didn't really you know didn't really make sense. I think Coco Beware was on one of his teams and didn't really seem to fit. Hercules was on a few of those teams. And you look at this, I mean, you look at Orton, Lashley, Corbin, McIntyre, they all kind of have been in that upper mid-card uh, uh, main event level scene in the uh, main event scene at, at WWE for the last year. And you look at Hogan's team, and other than Roman Reigns, you're looking at guys that have been mostly either they're up and coming or they've kind of been off and on. And it's like a mishmash pairing of Hogan's team versus they're truly the underdogs here against that team that's kind of proven the heel team that Flair's put together. So it's Team Need a Push versus the Team Proven. Team Need a Push being Team Hogan and Team Flair being the Proven. Because, I mean, outside of that, in terms of in WWE, Bobby Lashley and Baron Corbin, has he had a title yet? He was U.S. champion a few okay. years ago. So, yeah, basically, yeah, Team Need a Push that could go with it. Now, for SmackDown, we also had a main event that. I'll be honest with you. I'm not there with, with with Adam quite yet because he tends to come on the home team in Hamilton show, which you can hear him every Thursday around 10, 30, 11 o'clock, and he fills them in on everything in the world of wrestling. About tired of Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns tagged with Daniel Bryant to take on Shinsuke Nakamura and Baron Corbin. Now, this came as prior to that, Roman Reigns took on Shinsuke Nakamura. There was interference from King Corbin. And ultimately, what do you do in the world of wrestling when someone interferes with a match? You make it a tag team match later on that night and make it the main event. Welcome, Teddy Long. Uh, Holla, holla, holla. This match just seemed seemed like, hey, let's put Roman in a match and let's put him with Daniel Bryant. Why? Because they're best friends now. What are we going to do next? Give them the tag team belts? I mean, don't put it out there in the universe because you know they may li- they may be listening. Yes, because they can listen the same way that everyone else is listening, downloading the Atlanta Sports X app or listening to it on your computer at atlsportsx.com. I mean, Adam, I, I, I'm not there with you yet, but I don't want to see any more Roman. I'm okay with forcing Roman. You know how I feel about forcing the square peg in the round hole. This one seemed a little bit forced to me. And I would say that Roman's not even being pushed as heavily as he was before the leukemia uh, battle. You know, he Seth kind of took over that uh, mantle as the Universal Championship, and when Roman came back, he kind of got put on SmackDown, and he's kind of the you know the big dog on SmackDown. You can say, um, 
and and he's one of the pieces that I guess Fox really wanted to keep on SmackDown. So we'll see. And he, but you know, he really hasn't been pushed because he hasn't been in a WWE Championship match. Of course, Kofi has been the champion, so it would have been more babyface on babyface, which I know they tend to stay away from. But it will be interesting to see now. Are we going to go back down the road? with Brock and Roman. And if we do, I'm telling you right now, if you are listening on the app, don't do it. We, WWE Universe, I'm going to speak for all of us because I think I I do in this sentiment, we do not want another program or a long-term program with Roman and Brock Lesnar. We don't want Brock Lesnar. We don't want him with Braun Strowman. There's a lot. (laughs) Honestly, the teaming with Daniel Bryan to me seems like, even though they teased it back in the summertime, the potential Daniel Bryan, uh, well, I guess he was technically healed then, but the matchup between Roman and and Daniel Bryan at that point, and they didn't really do that. They turned Daniel Bryan back to a babyface or at least a tweener, whatever he is now. But I think you're still maybe building long term to something with those two that makes sense. It's something we've only seen a handful of times, and it was a long time ago. I could get behind that kind of a program. I'm not necessarily tired of Roman Reigns, and I appreciate the fact that they have backed off of him since he came back from the leukemia. Because you notice when he came back, the fans were behind him again. He was getting more cheers than he had been getting for a long time before that. And I think they saw this as a chance to, okay, we've been shoving him down the fan's throat. It wasn't working. Let's slowly, organically build him back into that main event scene. There's no reason to rush him here. And... I mean, we'll see what the Lesnar-Cain Velasquez thing plays out, but I don't know that Roman oh. Reigns is the guy that is going to get into that main event scene right now. I think he's still a long ways off from that. Plus, Roman was going to have the natural sympathy of the fans coming back from winning the battle uh, against leukemia. Uh, so they knew they had that, and they didn't want to, I guess, exploit it. They wanted to use him uh, in a good position, but they didn't want to overdo it and and then like have the fans double turn on him because of the fact that they are now pushing him back down your throat. And what I was hoping we were getting there, I think a Daniel Bryan, uh, Roman Reigns program, which we could still get, of course, uh, which I thought we were going to get at SummerSlam, would have been a good one. Uh, and I think because Daniel Bryan can basically work with anybody, and I think he could make Roman Reigns look good, and they could have a good program together. I agree with that, and, and I think they could have an amazing program together, but we know how I feel about WWE uncreative. So hopefully they are actually taking heed to us on the finishing move because over the past three weeks, SmackDown, even though they had a rock-solid start, and I've read reports out there that Fox has been pleased with the ratings, which keeping in mind, I guess I'll help Fox out a little bit. Programming update. You will not see SmackDown on Fox tomorrow night. It will be on FS1 or FS Sports. It'll be on one of the other Fox affiliate stations because of the World Series. So you won't find it there. It's had declining numbers over the past three weeks. Now, like we said, it's been going up against a lot of things. And one of the things that I think it can easily be attributed to, just based here in the South, Friday Night Football. You can find Friday Night Football, I don't know what, on quite a few different channels, as well as in terms of the demographics that it's reaching out for. Because when you're looking at shows like Hawaii Five-0 that's doing great ratings with with an age demographic from 40 and up, if they're still trying to hang on to old, to a little bit of an older crowd, they're going to have to work a little bit harder. But from everything that I've read, Fox has been very pleased with the ratings. Now, Adam, I know you're a ratings guy, and you like to check out numbers quite a bit. Have you seen anything that could show, or can you give any advice to Fox that would help turn those numbers around? I don't know what it is that's going to work for Fox. I, I kind of was scratching my head about the Friday night portion of it anyways, and kind of what I brought up with – Home team in Hamilton this morning when I joined them is I don't watch it live. Like last Friday or two Fridays ago, I was at Stegmania. Then last Friday, I was at a high school football game, which you, what you just talked about. And I think a lot of people, at least in our portion of the country, the Southeast, they do go to these high school football games. That is still big here. So what I do is I DVR it and then I watch it later. Um, and you know, I, I, the, the, so I, if I was a, you know, a, a, a ratings person person uh it would definitely wouldn't uh be there for the overnight ratings now it would be on the three plus or seven plus which means i went back and watched it on my dvr or on demand uh within that time frame of three plus days since it aired or seven plus days since it aired but my point with home team in hamilton this morning and we took a poll and it was 100 percent, and we'll do it again right now and i bet it's going to be another hundred percent I'm an advertiser. I'm looking at a three plus or a seven plus ratings where it may have gone up from the you know the not 
you know, good but not great overnight ratings. But I fast forward through those commercials on uh, when I watch it on DVR. I don't watch a single commercial on DVR. Uh, Chris, do you? John, do you? No, I, I mean, I definitely try not to. Of course, I'm watching most of my. I'm kind of forced to because I watch most of mine through my Roku device. Or okay, my, so you're forced stick. to watch yeah, them. Yeah, I'm kind of forced to watch them. But I'm also, I'm kind of like you in the sense that I'm the guy that's watching a day or two later, not necessarily live. I have been able to watch it kind of live the last few weeks, at least a portion of the show. But I, I don't expect that to be reality for the long haul. And it's just one of those things where it's hard well, there's a lot going on in life with a Friday night. You've got families and friends and things going on. It's just a tough night for any show on TV, let alone a wrestling show that is going to be on a new network and struggling to find its place here on the Fox network. No, I'm with you guys. I fast forward, th- and with like you, Adam, I fast forward through the commercials. And it's one of those things, even if it's not, and Adam, I think you brought this point up many uh, a while ago before even SmackDown hit it. Even if it's not Friday night football, Friday night's date night for some couples. I don't care yeah, how you old you are, if you're married, if you're dating, if you're engaged. It's a night where typically even, Adam, you and I have kids. I know my son's school will do a date night where you can drop the kid off a little and pick him up a little bit later to go grab dinner. So it's not necessarily, I'll use the phrase, must-see TV for me, whereas on Monday where I'm more inclined to, I'm going home, I'm going to get in front of the TV, I'm going to watch it. In terms of that, you're exactly right. I think you nailed it. Friday night, you're typically, whether you're single, whether you're dating, engaged, whatever point in your relationship or in life you might be, People even still go out to nightclubs and bars and hang out. They not they're not going home. And then now we have that option where we're all old enough to make. I can make reference to this. You don't have to set the VCR and put the VHS tape in there to record it. We can set the DVR and then come back and watch it the next day. So I think we're all on the same page when we go there. I mean, SmackDown debuted with a three point eight. That was week one. Then it went down over a million viewers to two point eight seven seven. And then it went last week was 244. So it's continually uh, declining. But kind of like I guess you were getting at as far as where it ranks, it was number one in the 18 to 49 demographic uh, for at least the top, you know, uh, top 150. But I so I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see. I expected some drop off as I did with all these uh, brands that kind of launched within the last month. But over a million dropped off at this point. Uh, I think that's bigger than they expected. And I also think that's part of the reason why maybe Eric Bischoff is uh, unemployed. It could be part of it. I mean, where Eric Bischoff and I think for all of us and and once again, it's funny, we all speak for each other. Were we just as shocked as everyone else is just I thought Eric Bischoff coming there, he was going to be the new thing. It was going to be the new relationship. It sounded like it might even be I don't want to say the move towards the future, but the move in, in a new direction and to hear that he was out, it definitely left it where a look of, all right, well, what happened? I would have loved to have been in on that conversation. Chris, let me ask you a question. I don't know. And John, of course, you too. But I thought I thought they misused Eric Bischoff. I think he could have been an on-air uh, personality as well as whatever he was doing behind stage, kind of like um, Paul Heyman. I mean, Paul Heyman is now the executive director of Raw, and you see him on Raw and SmackDown, SmackDown being one of the advocate, and I think they really missed out on opportunity with Eric. He would have been recognizable to a large percentage of the fan base, a large part of this 18 to 49 that they go after, uh, and we never saw him once. The problem with that is is the fact that, you know, the, the only role he's really ever had in WWE is to be a general manager, but the general manager thing has been done to death. They've got to do new stuff. I don't know that what his role would have been on the air. Now, as far as behind the scenes, I think kind of the idea we get from those in the know, you know, the podcast out there we listen to, Bruce Pritchard and, and Eric Bischoff, obviously, sounds to me like maybe he just didn't fit into WWE's corporate situation. Me and John talked about this last week. It's one of those things he never actually worked behind the scenes in WWE. When he was there years ago, he was just strictly an on-air personality. So him fitting into the way they do things versus the way he did it in WCW and the way he did it in Impact and TNA is probably a completely different story, and he probably just didn't fit. And to boot, you found an easy reason to get rid of him, to drop off a million viewers from week one to week two on SmackDown. It just He was the fall guy. Yeah, he definitely made it easy to they made it easy for him to find a place and a reason to get rid of him. We'll see where he comes up because he definitely still has options. Now, we fast forward where we get over to Monday Night Raw. 
And the first thing that I noticed after I finished watching Raw, it actually took me a few minutes to sit and think about it. Where were the women? No women's matches. And I can't remember. You're right. I don't know when the last time that happened on Raw, but it's been a very long time since we've had no women's matches. And I would love to know uh, what, uh, you know, what what the reasoning for that was it's not really even the well it's just not it's not the go home show for Saudi Arabia so it's not like you're just stat, you know promoting all the men's matches because you can't have women over there or what but yeah that's a very that was a very good point and I noticed it as well and I would love to go back in time but I bet it's been a couple years since we've had no women's matches well and it, with the women's revolution evolution wherever it's at at this point being I mean, you've got Becky Lynch, you've got... I mean, the women's division has come a long way, and yeah, the fact that there wasn't any matches, it's very suspect, very strange, especially when, honestly, you're talking about Monday Night Raw. What excuse do you have not to feature at least one women's match, let alone several? You have three hours to fill. How can you not find time (laughs) for some women's matches? If you're not building towards a women's match in uh, Crown Jewel, guess what? Survivor Series is a little over a month away or probably less than a month away at this point, build to that. I mean, you can't handle, you don't think fans can handle juggling multiple builds and storylines at the same time? That's crazy. I think you could definitely do that. I'm not sure what happened there, who made that choice. I'm guessing Paul Heyman probably didn't. That's probably a Vince McMahon director. I honestly don't know. Well, like you said, Vince McMahon, if he had a hand in it, he also probably had a hand in this match as well because every report that I've read Vince McMahon has a new favorite toy, and I hate to categorize it as such, but when I think of Vince McMahon and I think of the hand that he's had in pro wrestling, he does use the superstars as toys. And we saw the match between Seth Rollins, and I hope I get his name right because we butcher him on this show quite often, Roberto Taliro. I think that's pretty close. Any challenges? Okay, good. We're going to go with that. We saw Humberto Calero. Every report that I've... We saw this match. We saw him basically push Seth Rollins to the limits. We saw a high flyer. We saw a lot of innovative moves that came out of this match. But what we saw, Seth Rollins come up with the win. But every report that I've read, Vince has found a new favorite, and it's Humberto. Were you guys a fan of Humberto and all that he did in his match with Seth? I mean, he was impressive. I know that, and I've seen him on, on 205 Live a little bit, and I've seen him on uh, NXT a little bit as well. He's, he's an impressive wrestler, and it was a good chance to debut him against a guy like Seth who can have a great match with anybody, really, and it was a good chance to kind of push him to, to the limit, too, with what what we could see as far as somebody that's up and coming, somebody that, you know, you're not quite sure what Carrillo's going to be, if he's going to be a heel or a face. We also... <laughs> Seth Rollins is in a little bit weird spot right now because you don't really know whether he's a face or a heel because of the way that WWE has booked him lately. So he got a good match out of it, and it's just interesting to see kind of where they go from here. Uh, who is this we're talking about? Seth Rollins taking on him. Yeah, I know who Seth is, but this other dude from 205, I'm not even going to waste my time talking about him because he's from <laughs> 205. And, I mean, when we were at SmackDown a couple weeks or months ago, uh, you saw the people getting out of there as fast as they could when 205 started. These 205 people are not superstars, and neither is this guy. And I don't care if he pushed Seth Rollins to the limit or defended uh, Bray Wyatt's uh, you know, funhouse getting burned down. You know, it's going to take a lot for this guy to get over for me personally as a wrestling fan. And him looking like a Mighty Morphin Power Ranger standing backstage Goodness. is not going to get, is not you the start. You cannot hate to, on to Power it. Rangers. Yeah, I can. You cannot. <laughs> go, go, Power Rangers. Evidently, he is Vince's new favorite, but he is going to take some time to win over Seth, uh, to win over, I'm sorry, uh, Adam Gillespie. Also, uh, he, if he wants to be Vince's favorite, that's fine, but that will give me time to, you know, Pull pull up uh, NWA on YouTube or watch AEW Dark or whatever Vince wants to push me towards because I'm not watching this Joker. Now, keep in mind, and Adam, I don't know if we've ever taken a stance on this. This could help be the beginning of the end of Vince, where now at this point you're exactly <laughs> right. Where So wait a minute. We're pushing a, a 205 liver? Okay, let's see what we got here, or either that, the next time they come to town. Seth Rollins comes out, 205 Live. Adam, where you going, buddy? <laughs> exactly. Um, and that's not, I hate to just, you know, 
kill the division because you got a couple big guys up there, or you know, not big They're for not their big. division, but you got a couple guys from the two hundred five who are big players on the scene right now. I mean, Buddy Murphy, uh, Ali, didn't he come from there? Uh, there's a, a Cedric. Is he from Alexander's a two hundred five er? Ricochet probably could be a two hundred five er. I don't know what he officially weighs in at. But I mean, they make up the weights as they go. Yeah, along. Exactly. Let's just be perfectly honest but, with you. I mean, it's uh, it's. You got Lilo Rush showing or uh, showing back up on NXT, and he has matches every week now. It looks like the 205 is being forced on NXT Wednesday nights, and that's where it, it belongs. To be honest with you, it fits better with NXT than it ever did with Raw or having its own show. I mean, that if you had them wrestle at Full Sail all the time, you've got the right audience there for that particular fan base and that style of wrestling. But putting them on the road as far as the like an addition to the SmackDown taping. Terrible idea, and your average wrestling fan, like Adam Gillespie, who's not going to like 205 Live because it doesn't cater to his taste, aren't going to care about it, and that's kind of the way it's been for them. Well, we're going to see what all they're going to bring up in terms of Raw because, we, like I said, we saw some lack of creativity that took place there in terms of things like Rusev and Lana, which I'm about sick of. We did see a match that honestly did catch my eyes. This team has been a team that I, I am slowly becoming a fan of, the Street Profits, where they took on the OC and they had their mystery partner come out to be uh, Kevin Owens. So they've become a fan favorite that's there. As well as, guys, did you notice? I guess the 24-7 titles found a new home, and it's on Raw. Is Before we get to that, is this? can you explain something to me? I'll do my best. Is is we want is the smoke the same as like dank? Oh my god! <laughs> you know we're gonna go to break on that one. <laughs> well, what is smoke? We want the smoke. What is that? I just... Coming up on the finishing move on the Atlanta Sports X. Battle lines have been drawn. Shots have been fired. Shots have been fired. And we're going to recap AEW as well as we're going to go over the top ropes. You're listening to The Finishing Move on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM, 106.3 FM. I hope they don't take this show off the air. I really enjoy it. You're listening to The Finishing Move. This is Atlanta Sports X, live from Cobb County and covering everything that you love about Atlanta. We start the day with home team in Hamilton at 9 a.m. as they bounce around the ATL with all the big local stories. Then at noon, it's the cheap seats with Tug Coward and Hudson Mason. And trust us, it takes an Atlanta radio veteran like Tug to keep that bulldog on the rails. And then at 3, it's the man, Mark Zeno on A to Z. Zeno is closing out the afternoon with his take on the day's stories and opinions about sports that you probably won't agree with. Add in Chuck and Chernoff on Bugged Hour from 6 to 7 p.m. The Mounds of the South on Wednesdays. And the finishing move on Thursdays. And you've got a lineup unlike any other. This is Atlanta Sports X. 106.3 and 103.7 FM. Live from Cobb County, this is the finishing move. Talking all things wrestling on the X. Welcome back to the finishing move live from Cobb County on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM, 106.3 FM. It is a special edition of the finishing move because due to work schedules and fiduciary responsibilities that we have, you have what'd the entire... What would you call me? What'd you call And Chris? a wellness vol- violation. What'd you call Cal- Colwell? Fiduciary responsibility. Well, well, y'all, Colwell, if you're going to let him call you that, right, then you're sitting in that studio uh-huh. with him. See, now you're just starting trouble. Now you're just trying to make dissension amongst the team. <laughs> Perfectly healthy team here. Uh, well, you're the one calling people names. That's the road dog that you hear. Ironically, as you, if you notice the statement that he said in the studio, he's not here. So, but he he's graced us with his presence. Oh come on! So we're in the well, ring well, doing a promo right now, and he's on the big try. Honestly, trying to add to it. He's the fiend. He's the he's the fiend. I'm in the fun house. He's I'm in the cool fun house that. somewhere. We don't know exactly where he is. He, you know what he is? He's the WWE commissioner when it was the laptop. Mm. We really don't know where it's coming. We need Michael Cole to come out and translate. Or is he the guy that's on, uh, you know, live on scene from satellite from their house? Is he really actually live with us right now? Or are you playing a recorded Adam Gillespie right now? Okay, it might be a recording, and it just has a delay in it for the time response. <laughs> I, don't, I, I was trying to think of something. We but don't I'm have good. that kind of time. This is a one-hour show, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think, but nothing's happening. 
<laughs> and we also have Chris Colwell, the third member of this stable. The gang's all here. We have everybody all together. Eventually, we'll all have tag team championships, and we'll have a much longer show. So if management, if you're listening, we can go to two hours. That'd be great. But now we have AEW, because the Wednesday Night Wars, they are in full swing. They're in full effect. We're going to talk about some shots that were fired when we go over the top rope. We're also going to talk about that there's a new championship belt. Maybe we can pull some money and come up with this one because that one's going to be a tricky one. And <laughs> see if we get some layaway payments yeah. on it. <laughs> can they finance? <laughs> and Fox, they're done with this punk. But with AEW, one of the main event matches or the main event matches that was there, it was Pac taking on John Moxley that went to the time limit draw. Now in AEW, keep Lame. in mind the matches have time limits on them, so it's not these long drawn out matches like you might expect. And Adam, you've already voiced your opinion on how you feel about the time limit draw. Yeah, I did. I have here, and I did on Twitter as soon as it happened. You can follow me at RoadDog680. I, I mean, I just think that's lame. I understand it's old school, and JR talks about how he loves it on his podcast, and he uh, kind of you know builds it up on the show. And But every time I hear that 10 minutes has passed in this match, minutes remain uh you know kind of in the background of these matches i just think that's so lame and such a weak ending and everybody wants to get on um hell in a cell for how that ended with referee stoppage this is just as bad in my opinion as that you can't come up with your creative finish and, I, and and to your point if you just don't want the match to go long just don't have it go long uh, you don't have to put a timer on it and 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 then in, and have it end. I think this is only the second time since I've been watching AEW, uh, which I I have for the majority of its creation, which hasn't been that what, long. Four weeks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, this match. Long and time then, ago. Uh, and then the, uh, whatever that was called, I think in Jacksonville there was one with Dustin Rhodes and Darby Allen. Uh, that went to the time limit draw. So those are the only two I've seen. So hopefully it's not something they rely on often. But I don't like it. I mean, well, I mean, for me, I, look, they're trying to make it legitimate. That's the idea behind the records. They want this to have more of a sports feel, and most sports have a time limit, with no, the exception of baseball. No, they do. I mean, football, time runs out on the clock. Basketball, time runs out. And this is an old-school way of doing things, I, and I don't see the comparison there at all with Hell in a Cell and this. Hell in a Cell's not supposed to have rules. It's not supposed to have a finish that ends with no finish. When it's perfectly defined within the confines of the rule and people know that there's a time limit associated with the match, if it ends in a time limit, okay, yeah, it might be kind of a weak finish, but it's not mind-boggling like a Hell in a Cell finish. I don't think that's comparable at all. But for this match, I didn't necessarily like it either, but it's better for me. It's like with the way they used to do the TV title back in WCW. It was a great way to put heat on the heel champion who survived with their title by the time limit draw. I don't know that you need to overuse it, but I don't have a problem with them using it. It's just got to be done well. But in this scenario, and I'm, I'm with Adam on this one, I didn't like it. I didn't like the way it ended. I don't feel like there was heat that came out of anything. If anything, I feel like Moxley got a little bit of heat as he gave the, whatever his finishing move is called now. Uh, Formerly known as Dirty Deeds. Yeah, now even Flow Deeds. I don't know. But he gave it, he gave it to the referee. I love the, that the fans were even upset about it, that they wanted it to give him to the uh, cameraman who was actually in the ring with him. I think for the bigger matches, you got to let them go. Now, yes, if you don't want them to go that long, make them shorter. Like, we're not going to go into how they can alter this because we know that there's a predetermined ending to these things. But you can alter this. You can control this. I think it was just one of those moments of – Someone didn't think this out very well. They just wanted to show just how different they were and show, hey, look, here are one of our big matches. Let me show you how different we are. Because this is something that we've talked about in terms of even just the tag team division, in terms of how we got a chance to see that one of the big names, some of the bigger names are going for the tag team championship, that it's not where we automatically got the Young Bucks like we would have expected. When the tag team divisions, you have the Lucha Bros, they'll be taking on SEU for the AE Tag Team tag team Tournament for the first ever tag team champions of AEW. And they'll be presented the titles by WWE Hall of Famers, the Rockers. Now, Adam, I know the how... The Rockers? Or the Rock and Roll Express? Express. Express. Sorry about that. I don't think Marty Jannetty's anywhere near the Hall of Fame right now. Sorry. Yes, you're right. Current NWA Tag Team Champions. Now, Adam, I know how much... You love the legends coming back. Are you excited about the Rock and Roll Express coming back? They really, unfortunately, they don't do much for me. I know they are a great <laughs> tag team and they've been around, but they weren't in the uh, you know 
they weren't on my viewing habits back in the day when I was you know watching these older stars like Hogan in the 80s on WWE and they had a short little run in the WWE I believe in the early 90s or late That's 80s correct. maybe and I know they were around WCW obviously with the NWA and had the big you know battles with the Midnight Express with Jim Cornette and uh but yeah I mean I I appreciate what they've done for the uh, you know wrestling. Uh, I, I understand that they are a great tag team, and their hot tag was you know set the world on fire at times. Um, and they were kind of the original rockers, you know, to bring up the rockers. Uh, I think Sean and both Sean and Marty at different points have said they kind of copied the style that the Rock and Roll Express kind of laid the foundation for. But yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be cool to see him. I see him on NWA when they won the titles uh, not too long ago. But uh, yeah, that yeah, it'll be cool to see him. But it doesn't really make me tune in. Well, I mean, it's a cool, nice addition to the crowning of the tag team champions, and I think it sets you up for a good chance for some heat gathering for the Lucha Brothers. If they were to win this match, win the titles, then they disrespect the Rock and Roll Express. It's a nice way to get heat on them, a team that you wouldn't think fans would necessarily want to boo because you enjoy their style of wrestling. They're so good. Pentagon and Phoenix are just incredible. And I thought their match last night with Private Party was uh, fantastic, as was SCU in their match as well. And I think, you know, me and you, John, last week talked about would they go the route that made the most sense, SCU and the Lucha Brothers, so that you were building up this storyline with them. Now you got them competing for the tag titles. But would they try to make a team like Private Party? Would they try to make a team like the New Order and what would happen, or the Dark Order? What would happen if you got to, uh, if you gave those two the chance to go at it? And obviously they chose not to go that route. It's not quite time for them. But, you know, as I tweeted last night, uh, you know, I think Private Party has got a good chance to be something big in the future. They're just, you know, not quite ready for it. And I'm glad that they decided to go the route that made the most sense and will make those titles mean something with SEU. And the Lucha Brothers, and I like the fact that in terms of while they're doing it, you're gonna you saw the Rockers where they were called the Rockers. Now I'm stuck on with the Rockers in my name. Uh, you saw the Young Bucks, excuse me, where um, they are accepting the challenge of the Lucha Brothers. I like the fact as well what you thought would have been easily to put together basically another Bullet Club in AEW. We haven't gotten that. You haven't seen just automatically, whereas we saw as it was coming to an end, Cody has put together a faction to take on the inner circle. So where you saw El Champion up in the skybox, in the luxury box, and Cody Rhodes had his brother come out, MJF came out, and they were taking on the inner circle. That DDP? DDP, yes. And I, you have to give, I, I don't know who came up with that idea. If it was Jericho, I would completely believe it but that is something that was original to me i haven't seen that before and i thought that was such a great segment to have them in the suite which that's not we've seen that before but when cody comes out to do his uh promo in the ring to have those air horns going that was so creative and so cool to have the disruption from that point of view uh with that you know instrument i thought that was really good and well done now there was someone who didn't like that whole thing Kevin Nash, WWE Hall of Famer, he took to Twitter immediately and he lit it on fire where he wasn't a big fan of it because he did. He made reference of, and I'll read it exactly verbatim, where he makes the reference of it's not the WWE, it's that different company. And Cody, ultimately, you are the owner of it, and these are Kevin Nash's tweet exactly, and if you want to check it out, you can follow him at the real Kevin Nash. Uh, he even said, if you want to be different, Look at the hot camera and tell him, turn his microphone off. You have control over it. So now you have a Hall of Famer, a legend coming out who wasn't a big fan of it. I liked it. I agree with you, Adam. I liked it. I enjoyed it. I got a kick out of the entertainment value of it. But Kevin Nash, he ultimately said, I'm turning it off. Well, I'm I do agree the with the I do agree with the microphone point. That would that that at that point it seemed like it was, uh, you know, obviously staged. Um, but I thought the whole because how I mean, why does he have a microphone up in a suite? Does, does all the suites at that arena come with microphones that you can just pipe in over the house PA? I don't think so. But I, I did think the air horn part of it was original and was very well done and was good. And I think he should have, you know, he should have, Cody should have said, hey, you got something to say, send somebody up there with a microphone, and then let's have the back and forth. That would have been a little better, in my opinion. But I, I liked it. Well, you can always argue that, well, he's Jericho, he's the champion, he can call some shots. Right? Isn't that the old, the old saying in wrestling, that if you're the champion, you kind of 
call shots. You can kind of make decisions and stuff like that. So he asked for a microphone to be up there. I don't know. I mean, I didn't mind the segment whatsoever. I mean, Nash's point, I mean, yeah, at the end of the day, maybe it was a little little scripted and a little too, you know, sports entertainment-like for, you know, for maybe his taste because you want an alternative here. But at the end of the day, they need to be different, but at, it's still wrestling. It is a certain way that wrestling has been done for years successfully, not just in WWE, in WCW, and in the NWA, in the AWA years ago. And, it, you know, at the end of the day, it's not always going to be perfectly, you know, it's at the end of the day, it's not, people know it's a work, bottom line. And it's going to sometimes come off that way as if it's staged. It is what it is. It's not about whether, it's whether you can get called up in it or not, of whether it was good booking or not. I thought it was. Now, also in terms of going with the uh, Wednesday Night Wars, as, they, as I think we've all decided that we're going to refer to them as, going over to NXT, we saw that they went a big step to try and combat against it. And ultimately, one of the biggest things that took place on NXT, Finn Balor, as he decided, they did their heel turn for him. I was excited to see Finn Balor make this heel turn. I felt like it was something that WWE kind of had to do. Cole, well, you and I talked about it briefly before we started, where I felt like it was something that they needed to do so they can avoid. I felt like they could have easily gone with lazy booking. This way, I think you add more challenges, you add more interest to it, and you're able to spread things out a little bit more. Now, Adam, we we know how we struggle, and particularly with your work schedule with the Wednesday Night Wars. Which one did you watch first? Did you watch both? Did you catch them second? And did you like the heel turn? I've watched both. I uh, All four, uh, what are we on, four weeks? All three or four weeks, I have watched AEW first live and then gone back in the next day or so and watched uh, NXT. Uh, but uh, I enjoyed NXT last night. Uh, I watched it uh, today, uh, this morning before I came into work. But yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I liked. I agree with you. I uh, like the heel turn of Finn Balor. Now, was he a part of Undisputed Era? See, that's I know they what were, we don't know. They were kind of giving him a hand signals there at the end, but he was not really with them in the ring, beating up on people. So that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I thought it was another good timed and well placed heel turn. Now, Colwell. Well, it's. I mean, obviously, you caught the wrestling world a little bit surprised. I don't think anybody saw that one coming. As you Agreed. and I. Yeah, you and I talked earlier, John, about, you know, I kind of saw the booking over the next few months with Balor there that you might see a war game situation where Balor and Gargano and Ciampa and somebody else, maybe Velveteen Dream, would have been a perfect stable of uh, guys, four guys to face Undisputed Era in war games. They don't go that route. They spin Finn Balor off into this heel roll against Gargano. I think this could be a great chance for some good matches. It's a natural storyline when you really look at it because, you know, Gargano is always called the heart and soul of NXT. Balor kind of helped put NXT on the map. Probably feels like it shouldn't be Gargano considered the heart and soul. It's him. So I think you got a good natural storyline there. That said, if they were going to turn Finn Balor heel, why couldn't they have done that on the main roster? He needed, he was long overdue for that on Raw or SmackDown, either brand. He could have really made some good waves as a heel on either of those shows, and they waited till they sent him back to NXT before they did that. I think the timing was a little weird on that, but it is interesting and it's got us talking. Now, I think it mostly came from, and I think we've all shared this sentiment, once you get hurt with Vince and he wants to make you the top dog, once you get hurt, it's kind of hard to work your way back up there. And and I think Finn kind of fell out of Vince's graces. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about ratings for the Wednesday Night War, but before we do that, let's go over the top rope. Uh-huh. Because shots have been officially fired. First of all, with WWE. WWE on Monday Night Raw, they told any fans that would be in the way of the hard camera. Ultimately, for those listening, it's the camera that's facing the ring. So where they'd be behind it in view of of the TV audience. They had to take off their AEW merchandise or leave the arena. So that meant no AEW shirts, no AEW signs, anything of that nature. They didn't want to see it. Does that mean that the WWE is kind of, hey, look, this is ours. You're here. You're here to see us. We don't care about that other place down the road, or as Seth Rollins referred to it as, the minor leagues. Adam, would you have taken off your AEW shirt? Oh, man, I would have been mad, uh, but I wouldn't have wanted to forfeit whatever money I paid for that ticket, so I would have 
probably taken it off or you know been re or been moved to another section. Um, but yeah, this is lame what WWE is doing. I I understand it. I guess from their viewpoint, this is not the first time the reports have come out about this. Uh, apparently, they did it down in Jacksonville. The night AEW kind of did some guerrilla war, war, <laughs> warfare. Fair. Easy for you to <laughs> yes, say. Yes, yeah, exactly. Uh, by doing their pep rally kind of across the street from where WWE was about to run SmackDown or Raw, whatever it was. But uh, I think it's stupid. I don't. I don't remember that being a thing back in the '90s. You know, during the Monday Night Wars, if you showed up to. Um, to a Raw with an NWO shirt on, you had it on. If you showed up to Nitro with an Austin shirt on, you had it on. I don't remember these stories. Of course, the internet wasn't as big back then, so maybe it did happen and we just didn't hear about it. But it's lame. Well, and I mean, back then, I think, especially 97 into 98, WWF was probably happy to have those fans with the NWO shirts there because they just wanted fans in the stands before they really hit it hot with Austin and everything they were doing. But, I mean, to me, yeah, this is kind of lame. And, I mean, if they're going to ask me wearing my AEW t-shirt or any t-shirt that's what, you know, I'm paying to be there. I should be able to wear any shirt I want to. If you want to move me, give me an upgrade, put me on the floor opposite there uh, behind the camera or somewhere, That that's fine. Or if you want to offer me a WWE t-shirt for free, I'll be happy to put that on over my other one because I got a free t-shirt. But And I think that's what they did in Jacksonville. Uh, they gave they gave the people the option of here's a W. It was, probably wasn't like a great shirt. Probably just said WWE on it or <laughs> WWE Network. But, uh, yeah, I think that is one of the things I heard they did in Jacksonville. Here's an Enzo Amore t-shirt for you. Congratulations. <laughs> now, Soft. now, not to be outdone, AEW and one of their announcers, good old JR, well, he took a little umbrage with it. And he wasn't just going to stand by. He took shots at Seth Rollins for not only for calling them the minor leagues, and he said maybe one day he'll have the success of his girlfriend. Uh, Jr. First of all, that's I think it's his wife now. I think they're engaged. I don't know that they're married yet. Okay. Beyonce. Yeah, kind of like me, you know, engaged. Are we sure you're engaged? I'm bearded, engaged. Yes. We have no on Twitter, by yet. the way. At- <laughs> I know you're bearded. I don't know about the other part. No, I'm, I'm definitely I'm engaged. That too. But Jr. He took shots at Seth Rollins about it. Is this a great war of words? Could JR continue this battle with Seth in the war of words, Adam? I think I don't think Seth would continue down that road. I think JR, if you listen especially to his podcast last week, uh, he's old and ornery, so he would continue it for <laughs> sure. Uh, but I don't think Seth would be smart to uh, continue to go down that road. I also don't think Seth meant anything by that. He's having fun with this whole Wednesday Night War stuff, and I, I don't think he meant anything by it. JR's takes everything at, to his heart now, obviously. If you hear him on his podcast, yeah, he's, he's old, he's bitter, he's a little ornery, and he's a little angry sometimes. And I think he went a little far the shot about <laughs> Becky Lynch being more over than Seth. Thought that was pretty good, pretty entertaining, so I'll give him that. Now, guys, you know, we have good careers and our boss takes really good care of us. Where do you work? So uh who's going to be the first one to fork over seven hundred and fifty bucks for the new Undertaker Limited Edition Legacy title belt. WWE has come out with a title belt to pay umbrage to the dead man. Now there's only a limited edition. It's five hundred total. And what it is, it's a black leather belt where on the plates it goes through all of his nicknames. It actually has the date of his first match, and it even references the Phenom. But you can get it at a deal if you go to WWE.com. They'll give you free shipping. Free shipping? Yeah, free shipping. I saw that too. It's like, wow, well, <laughs> that's great. No, this isn't a buy for me. Uh, definitely not. I'm looking at it right now. It looks cool. It comes in that coffin box, I guess, holder for it. But not for seven hundred and fifty bucks. No, and I'm, guys, I'll tell you right now. If I spend seven hundred and fifty dollars on that title belt, I will no longer be engaged. I can tell you <laughs> that right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I think Adam, you made reference of it uh, best this morning when you were on with home team in Hamilton. You know, I got a couple of WWE title belts. You add the price of both of them together. I'm not even in the ballpark of this right now. Yeah, exactly. So uh, for the person who can, for the people who can go out and get those 500, kudos to you guys. Take a picture. Send it out to us. You can catch us all on social media. I'm at JohnRad450. Adam, where can they find you? RoadDog680. Chris Colo At Bearded Engaged. He'll probably change it next week. Probably. Though, so I wouldn't hang on too tight to it. Uh, but coming up. It's time for the Go Home Show, and we're going to do a little quick wrestling tour and update you with a few other things that's going on there. You're listening to The Finishing Move on the Atlanta Sports X, 1230 AM and 106.3 FM.
home team and Hamilton. Weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon. I don't want to use a good book for, for these kinds of purposes. Rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. Let her breasts fill you at all times with delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. Tim Brandon Lee. Let all <laughs> you know of God's people say. Hey, amen. Amen. I know that's right. I'm going to laugh at you in a very, very good way. <laughs> you, you knew immediately where that scripture was. <laughs> this is the Sports X. Braves fans, it's time to take your fandom to the next level. Infinity Club and A-List memberships are now on sale for the 2020 season, giving you more access than ever before to this exciting team. High and deep to center. He's at the wall. He runs out of room. Home run. Ronald Acuna Jr. does it again. Whether you're looking to entertain business partners or develop lifelong memories with your family, the Atlanta Braves have membership options to fit your needs. Both A-List and Infinity Club members receive invitations to exclusive events throughout the year. Concessions, benefits, parking priority, and of course, guaranteed access to the 2021 MLB All-Star Game at SunTrust Park. He is out of room! That's a home run out of Freeman and we're tied. For more information on all Atlanta Braves membership options, including full season, 27 game business, and premium memberships, go to Braves.com slash A-List. Atlanta Braves baseball. Chop on. Hey, Owl fans. Basements and Backyards is your local stay-at-home headquarters, offering Cobb County's largest selection of hot tubs and swim spas and tons of slate pool tables and games to choose from. Come check out our showroom to experience why Basements and Backyards has everything you'll need to make this season a touchdown. Stop by our Woodstock location at Highway 92 and 575 or check us out online at basementsandbackyards.com. Your stay-at-home headquarters. Hey Atlanta, it's Front Office Lowe's for Bedlam Vodka, and this is a thank you. Thank you for joining the Rebellion. Atlanta, you are blowing up Bedlam Vodka all over the city. Why is it happening? Because Bedlam Vodka is unique. It's a rice-based vodka. It is completely different from any other vodka in the marketplace. Bedlam Vodka is smooth, it tastes good, and the finish does not burn. If you haven't joined the Rebellion yet, what are you waiting for? Pick up some Bedlam Vodka tonight. Bedlam Vodka, live rebelliously, drink responsibly. Atlanta, get ready. There's a new major player in town, and they're not to be messed with. Meet your new Major League Rugby team, Rugby ATL, the team who dares to be the most entertaining team in the league, the sport that dares to go on the field without helmets or shoulder pads, the players who dare to be Atlanta's newest ambassadors. With games starting in February at Life University, we're right around the corner from the battery. Find us on social media at Rugby ATL or head to RugbyATL.Rugby. Join the team now. Live from Cobb County, this is The Finishing Move with the road dog Adam Gillespie, Brandon Joseph, and Big John Radcliffe on the X. Welcome back to The Finishing Move live from Cobb County. Big John Radcliffe, Adam the road dog Gillespie, Chris Colwell, the bearded man of many names. The bearded wrestling fan. Yeah, we'll go with that. We're going to believe that. I'll believe that until I see the fiance again. So that's what I'm going with. Or she can call in like you guys can anytime we are on 404-741-1230. Well, it's time for the Go Home Show. It's time. It's time. R.I.P. Vader. Uh, (laughs) We always do one quick question, frankly, because our show is just not long enough and management won't give us any more time. So what we go with is one final question. And I want to know from you guys, what current superstar, whether they're in any uh, in NXT, AEW, and either A, call it quits, or B, just find a new, another place of employment. Road Dog, I'll go with you first. I'll give you one of each real quick. Big Show, hang it up. I know we haven't seen him in a long time, but he's still listed on the roster. And making the switch from WWE to AEW, where they seem to value tag team a little bit more, the Revival. Ooh, good one. Good one. Chris Colwell. Well, I'll tell you right now, from WWE, it's more of the misused talent that should move on. Bobby Lashley has been absolutely wasted since he's been back in WWE, and we know he can be better than that. And EC3 is nowhere to be found. We know he can be good. But have you guys watched the new NWA Power on on YouTube? I have, yes. Yes. Did you see last this past week Tim Storm in the main event 
can't sell for anything. He's old. He's like 55 years old. Yeah, or he like looks that. like he's pushing 65. Yeah, it's just awkward to watch him out there, and I think he's a school teacher. I'm pretty sure he should probably stick to that, maybe stay away from the wrestling scene for, for now on. Uh, I'm we, gonna... we need to try to make a show trip down there. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to no, cut you fine. off, John, but we need to try to get down there because they filmed those here in Atlanta. We got they a pay-per-view do. coming up in December. It actually sold out yep. already yep. for the, the studio there, and they're having two days of tapings, I think, right after that. So, so we need to make it happen. There we go. Uh, for me it's rusev rusev came out he was just scolding scolding hot he came out with no shoes on until someone broke his foot but he put shoes on and now he's in one of the dumbest gimmicks that i've seen in a long time i think he could do so much more i think he could be better than what he actually is and i'm gonna go with you on this one colwell storm i've watched him when i first saw him immediately i thought well i guess he wanted to change a career at that point in his life and wanted to do something different but it's clunky, it's cumbersome, it's just one of those things that's not even the prettiest thing to watch, and it, it might just be time for him to hang it up and call it quit. It's kind of like us. Time for us to hang it up for this one. What, me? The prettiest thing to watch? Well, I can't see you because you're not here. Well, I got my shirt off and I'm dancing around to Shawn Michaels. You can't be because Rachel's not screaming in terror. <laughs> we heard her <laughs> scream earlier. So she's not screaming in terror. For this three-man ta- stable that you have here. I'm leaving here. this stable now. For this three-man stable that you have here, on behalf of my partners, Adam the Road Dog Gillespie, Chris the Bearded Engaged Man Colwell, I'm Big John Radcliffe. You've been listening to The Finishing Move on the Atlanta Sports X. 12.30 a.m., 106.3 FM, live from Cobb County! I'm just a sexy boy. I'm not your